Hello, and welcome to the Balanced Wealth Podcast. My name is Gavin DeStasi, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about custodial accounts, otherwise known as UTMA and UGMA accounts, what they are, how they work, what they're good for, and what they're not. UTMA or UGMA accounts, most often referred to as UTMA or UGMA accounts, are custodial accounts for minors, basically a way for minors to own property. Miners do not have the right of contract in most states, so they cannot open or maintain investment accounts on their own. So when someone wants to give or pass on property to a miner, they must either establish a trust and appoint a trustee, or use an UTMA or UGMA account and appoint a custodian. UTMA stands for Uniform Transfer to Miners Act, and UGMA stands for Uniform Gift to Miners Act. There are slight differences between the two, mainly the type of property that can be held in each and the manner in which it becomes property of the minor, but that's not terribly important for today's purposes. It's enough to understand that both UTMA and UGMA accounts are custodial accounts established for minors with an adult custodian who acts as a trustee until the child reaches the age of majority. For today, I'll just be using the term UTMA to avoid having to say UTMA and UGMA each time I refer to them. What's most important to understand about UTMA accounts is that once money is placed in one of these types of accounts, it is an irrevocable gift to the miner, and the money or property is owned by the miner from that point on. I cannot tell you how many people establish these types of accounts without fully understanding that fact. Parents, particularly, often think that because they are the custodians and control the assets in the UTMA account, that they can determine what it's used for and ultimately take the money back if the child doesn't plan to use it in a way the parents would want. This is wrong. And it's especially problematic when these types of accounts are used for college savings, which they so often are. But we'll get to that in a minute. As I said, once the money is placed in the UTMA account, it is an irrevocable gift to that miner, which means that at that point, the money then belongs to the miner but is controlled by the custodian until the miner reaches the age of trust termination. The custodian has the fiduciary responsibility to manage the money in a prudent fashion for the benefit of the miner. The money can be used for any number of things while the custodian still has control, but those things must be for the benefit of the miner and not things that a parent is reasonably expected to provide to the child already. So it can be used for things like expensive extracurricular activities that the child wants to participate in, but not to pay the rent or buy groceries, for example. Any money in a custodial account for which you are the custodian will be counted as part of your taxable estate if you are the legal guardian of the child and the child has not yet reached the age of trust termination. The income from a custodial account must be reported on the child's tax return and is taxed at the child's rate subject to the kitty tax rules. The parent is responsible for filing an income tax return on behalf of the child. There is no special tax treatment for UPMA accounts, and children age 14 and older must sign their own tax returns. Now, what we see quite often are custodial accounts being used as college savings vehicles. This can be fine, but it can also be problematic. First of all, an UPMA is considered an asset of the child for financial aid purposes, unlike a 529 plan, which is considered an asset of the parent. This is important because assets of the child are expected to be contributed to paying for college at a much higher rate than assets of the parents. Even more importantly, neither the donor nor the custodian can place any restrictions on the use of the money when the minor becomes an adult. At that time, the child can use the money for any purpose whatsoever without requiring permission of the custodian, so there's no guarantee at all that the child will use the money for his or her education. 
I've seen time and again where a parent or grandparent puts a large sum into a custodial account for a young child, only for that money to grow substantially over the years. But when the time comes and the child is approaching adulthood, the parents are terrified about turning over that much money to the child to do with as he or she pleases. We all think our children will be headed to Harvard or Stanford when they're three years old, but when they're 17, often things look quite different, and the thought of giving them unfettered access to thousands of dollars all at once is unacceptable. Part of the problem is where these types of accounts are most often established. Banks seem to be the most common place we see clients have opened them. It makes sense, really, because perhaps grandma wrote a check directly to the child when they were young. You go to the bank and tell them it's supposed to be used for college someday. They instantly steer you towards a custodial account. The issue here is that bankers, or even so-called financial advisors inside your local bank, do not have the kind of experience or knowledge to ask the right questions to help you figure out if this is really the right vehicle for your needs or wants. Bankers are trying to get you taken care of quickly so they can move on to the next customer in line. And for the most part, the financial advisor in your bank branch is too inexperienced and not knowledgeable enough to understand the pitfalls of using a custodial account for college savings. You see, most experienced advisors aren't in a bank. They're on their own or with one of the big investment firms. Banks with advisor channels keep much of the advisor's earnings and often steer them to use certain types of products. So the kinds of advisors who work in banks are most often just starting out and are willing to give up a big chunk of their income and independence because they're trying to get established and need the flow of referrals that comes in the bank setting. But often people, especially young people, go first to their bank when starting out investing. Maybe they really like their bank or maybe they think they can't afford an independent advisor yet. And by the time they come to someone like us, mistakes have been made and they look at us with fear in their eyes as they contemplate handing $100,000 over to their 18-year-old son who's planning to use the money to buy a Harley-Davidson and drive across country and not to use it to go to college. It's why we tell young people all the time, even if you think you can't afford an experienced independent advisor, call them anyways. I can't tell you how often we get a call from someone who isn't ready to start with us, but they have a few questions and are ready to start somewhere. We're happy to answer those questions and steer them in the right direction even when we aren't a good fit to work together, and there are many other advisors out there who do the same. In the case of the UTMA accounts, we would tell them they better be sure they're prepared to turn this money over to the child when they reach the age of majority, otherwise they probably don't want to use a custodial account. And for college savings, when a 529 plan isn't what they want, or if they're worried about overfunding an education account, which can be a real issue, we tend to advise people to just save in their own name. That way, they do retain control and have the most flexibility to adapt as their kids get older. As with most financial vehicles, there's nothing inherently bad about a custodial account. They're useful in the right situations, to be sure. You just need to know the details and rules before opening any kind of account. So our best advice, as usual, is to make sure you consult with an experienced advisor you can trust before making any moves you might not be able to undo until it's too late. expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. 
This program should not be construed as financial, legal, or estate planning advice. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Please remember, investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital, and seek advice from a licensed professional. Topel and Dostasi Wealth Management LLC is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Topel and Dostasi Wealth Management LLC and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Topel and Dostasi Wealth Management LLC unless a client service agreement is in place.